0: Hey, everyone. I am glad that you are joining us today. Uh, I know that when we do these, it's kind of a very, not kind of, it is a very outward facing part of our church where it's there for those of you who attend the orchard, who uh, are not able to be there on a Sunday morning. It's for you to stay connected, but it's also when we do this, we're very aware that other people may be checking us out for the first time. So I want to say this, today's message uh, is going to be a little bit different because I do want to talk to those of you who call the orchard home. That's what want to talk to this morning. Now, if you're not a part of that yet, if you're just checking us out, man, I encourage you to do it. Go back, look further online, go to our website, check our Facebook pages. Love for you to check us out. My name's Chip. I'm the lead pastor at The Orchard. But today, I just think it's really important that I kind of share some things on my heart with our church family, those who call the Orchard home. And uh, and part of that is because of two things, one that has just happened and one that is happening today. Uh, so the thing that has just happened is this. Last Sunday night at the Orchard, uh, and in case I don't know when you're watching this, January 29th, 20. 23 we had a church-wide night of worship where all four of our locations in lake city live oak branford and ocala all met at our branford location there at the branford high school and had an incredible night of worship together and man god showed up his presence was heavy on the place worship was real and authentic it was great and my favorite part of it as your pastor was that As we say all the time, we're one church in many locations, but that night we were one church in one location. Now, not everybody was there, but man, there were a lot of us there and it always feels so good to be able to gather with the church. And so I I just wanted to kind of continue that conversation that we had Sunday night talking to our church family. Uh, The second thing that is happening today is across all of our locations, we're gonna begin talking about covenant membership renewal. So at The Orchard, we do like other churches have members, but we don't have members in a sense that maybe you grew up with where you walk an aisle and the pastor says they wanna be a member who votes to. Be, make them a member, not that kind of thing. At the Orchard, we have covenant membership. And covenant membership means that you make a covenant with us, we make a covenant with you uh, about what is the responsibility you have as a member of the Orchard. Membership at the Orchard doesn't come with rights and privileges, it doesn't earn you anything special, but it is a mutual accountability and responsibility to one another to walk and grow in Christ's likeness, I would encourage you, uh, if you have a location home, talk with your location pastor about that if you missed in person this Sunday morning. Uh, we're not going to talk specifically about what is a covenant or what the church covenant is. Uh, you might can have that conversation again with your location pastor, but all of those things just got me personally thinking about the church. And what the church is and what the church is not. Because I think in our day and age, there's just a lot of confusion around what the church is and what the church is supposed to be. So I want to talk uh, about that with you this morning. And and I think the best place to start is by starting with what the church is not. Uh, First of all, uh, this may be new news to some of you, uh, but hopefully not. The church is not a place. Right, I know that we use that language when we say we're going to the church or hey can you pick me up on the way I'll meet you at the church something like that and the church building is what we call the church most often but when we look at what the church really is the church is not a place and I think that's something that has been a huge part of who we are uh, at the orchard is because the buildings that we meet in as a church are highly untraditional uh, we meet met very first as the beginnings of the orchard at the Holiday Inn. And from the Holiday Inn in Lake City, we moved to the skating rink. And then from the skating rink, our Live Oak location moved to the Spirit of the Swanee music part before they moved into a dance studio to have their permanent facility. Our uh, Ocala location is meeting in the Marion Theater right downtown. Our Branford location is meeting at the Branford High School. So there is nothing at the uh, orchard that makes us think that buildings are sacred. Now they're helpful, but they're not sacred, why? Because the church is not a place. But the other thing is, the church is also not an event. And I think at the orchard, maybe this is something that we accidentally fall into thinking sometimes. We think that we go to church, and when we leave church, that church was good, church was good this morning, church was encouraging this morning, Uh, but church isn't an event. Now the event that we have on Sunday mornings is special. The event that we have on Sunday mornings is meaningful. It is impactful. And I would go so far as to say that the event that we have on Sunday morning is supernatural. And the reason that I say that, if you were at one of our locations last week or watched the online message, you know that the gathered church in the building for worship on Sunday mornings is the closest glimpse of heaven that we get to see this side of eternity. Because when we step into eternity, when we go to heaven, we are going to spend our time with other believers throughout history of every tribe, every tongue, and every nation, gathered before the throne of God, singing praise to Jesus. And so when we gather in our buildings to worship Jesus on Sunday morning, that's a foretaste of heaven. However, that event, that worship service, is not the church. The church is not a place. The church is not an event. The church is a people. The church is a people. I want to take you to a passage of scripture, I think, that outlines that really well for us. Um, It's maybe a, a little book of the Bible that you haven't read often, but you should spend some time reading, because for my money, I'm not sure there's a more relevant book in our New Testaments that we could be reading for the church in America today. But I want to take you to 1 Peter. 1 Peter was a book, uh, really a letter, written by Peter to Christians who had been scattered abroad in the Roman Empire. Christians had begun being persecuted. They were pushed to the fringes and margins of society. And so Peter writes this letter to them to remind them who they are. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, he tells them, look, you are strangers and foreigners in this world because this world is not your home. It's an amazing read. I'd encourage you. To take time today to read First Peter chapter one. But beyond that, what well, we're going to look today in First Peter chapter two, Peter tells them who they are as the church. So if you got your Bibles, First Peter chapter two, we're going to start reading in verse nine. This is what Peter says. He says, But you are a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So here's Peter writing to these early Christians who had been scattered abroad and what he's saying is this, it doesn't matter what place you find yourself in. It doesn't matter what event you find yourself attending, that as a follower of Jesus, you are the church. Because the church are a people. They are God's people. And then he uses that language where he says you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. And so what he's saying is you're a chosen race, not that you are a, you know, ethnically this or ethnically that. That's not the point there. The point, because at this point in time, the church was made up of Jews and Gentiles. The point is, is that whatever race you are, now it doesn't matter because you are God's race. God is no respecter of a person's ethnicity. Ethnicity, you are God's race. He says you're a royal priesthood. This is one of the things that's so important to us as believers. There does not need any more to be a go between between you and God other than the Son of God, our Savior, Jesus Christ. You don't have to have a pastor. You don't have to have a priest or a prophet or an apostle or a pope to go between you and God. You can go directly to God uh, through the blood of Jesus, just like the priest in the Old Testament. We're a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. We don't belong to any nation here on this earth. We are our own nation, knowing that this world is not our home. We are a People for God's possession. So when you think of the church, don't think of the church as a place. Don't think of the church as an event, not a place you go, not an event you attend. The church is a people that you belong to. And that's why for me, it's so important that we have this uh, online platform to help you stay connected to the church. But I just want to say and I love you when I say this, I don't mean this to like hurt your feelings or whatever. If you want to have a conversation, let's have a conversation. But you can't be the church by yourself. It's not that we are different peoples. The church is a people. And we need to be with our church uh, to, to be the church. And so that's why this is very important to us. And matter of fact, because of that, I would even go a step further and say that not only is the church a people, the church is a family. The church is a family. We are one family as brothers and sisters in Christ. What's interesting here about First Peter chapter 2 is that if you have a hard copy of your Bible, you may notice that the words, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, all of that may be in a different type. In my Bible, it's bold. The reason that those words are bold is because this is a direct reference or quotation from the Old Testament. Let me take you to where that comes from. If you got your Bibles, go with me to uh, Exodus chapter 19. Here's Exodus chapter 19, where God has just rescued the nation of Israel from slavery in Egypt. He's led them into the wilderness to take them to Mount Sinai, where they may worship him. And that passage of scripture in Exodus 19 is the passage that Peter is quoting in 1 Peter chapter 2. So what we're going to start doing is we are going to start reading in verse number 3. So Exodus chapter 19 verse 3 says this, Moses went up the mountain to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, This is what you must say to the house of Jacob and explain to the Israelites. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. So he's talking about the Exodus event, the plagues, the parting of the Red Sea, how he led them to Mount Sinai to worship. And then he says in verse 5 Now, if you will carefully listen to me and keep my covenant, that's where we get that word keep my covenant. You will be my own possession out of all the peoples, although the whole earth is mine, and you will be my kingdom of priests and my holy nation. These are the words that you are to say to the Israelites. So what's really interesting here is Peter Quoting this passage from Exodus 19 is making a connection that we might miss because of our lack of cultural context. See, in Exodus 19, Israel were a nation. They were a nation of priests, and more importantly, don't miss this, they were a family, did you catch that God told, tells Moses to go talk to the house of Jacob? See, the nation of Israel comes from one family. It starts with Abraham, his son Isaac, his son Jacob, and Jacob had 12 sons that became the 12 tribes of Israel. So not only was Israel a nation, not only was it a nation of priests, it was a family. And so what Peter is doing in a very meaningful way in his context is reminding the New Testament church that just like the Old Testament Old Testament nation of Israel, we are a family. It doesn't matter your background, It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't even matter what family you were born to. When you come to know and trust Jesus as your Savior, you are born into God's family. Now, maybe you're thinking to yourself right now, I don't know, Chip, that seems... Seems like a little bit of a stretch, you know, I see the connection, I, I don't know. Well, let, let me take you to one other passage. Go with me back to the New Testament, to the letter to the church in Galatia. We're gonna be in Galatians. So this isn't Peter writing now, this is Paul writing. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna start reading in chapter three, And we're gonna go into chapter four. What's neat here, a little tidbit, this is for free, is all the chapters and verses that are in your Bible today were not there originally. They are artificial breakdowns to help us reference what we read. And so what we see here is chapter four in Galatians doesn't begin a new thought. It actually completes a thought that Paul begins in chapter three. So start reading with me in chapter three, verse 27. So what Paul writes, he says, for those of you "...who were baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ." So that's talking to believers, right? "...there is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female, since you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise." Now I say that as long as the heir is a child, he differs in no way from a slave, though he's the owner of everything. Instead, he is under guardians and trustees until time set by his father. Now look at this. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were in slavery under the elements of the world. And when the time came to completion, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. So you you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then God has made you an heir. So here, Paul is unpacking that same thought that Peter very subtly alludes to. He's saying, look, just like the nation of Israel was God's family, you are now God's family. He says all of those who have been baptized into Christ and clothed with Christ, you are Abraham's seed and that God has sent his son into the world so that we may be made his son and a part of God's family. God is our father and that means everyone else who has God as father is our brother and sister and I don't know about you, but when I was growing up in a very traditional church, I just thought brother and sister were like titles of pastors, right? Like that was, that was their title, just like doctor so-and-so, it was brother so-and-so. But where that language actually comes from is the church realizing the familial relationship between one another. Those men I go to church with, they are my brother. The women I go to church with, they are my sisters. I love that idea. Matter of fact, one of my favorite experiences in all of my ministry. And I've been in ministry longer than I realize. Uh, uh, Matter of fact, I've been in ministry uh, like 21 years this year. So this is incredibly uh, meaningful memory if I can remember it from that long ago. Uh, But I was pastoring church in Mayo and in that traditional country setting, everybody called me, not Pastor Chip, not Chip. They called me Brother Chip. You know what I'm talking about. And I had a, a, a child who grew up in that church that just started calling me uncle chip and he started calling me uncle chip everywhere we went now here's the thing i'm not kin to this kid i'm not kin to his family but he heard his mom and dad calling me brother and he just assumed that made me his uncle so i wound up being at airline baptist church uncle chip to a lot of these kids and i I love that because man that's what the church is the church is a family this is the family that we belong to and for a lot of us we're closer to this family than our biological family. What I want to tell you is, that's not necessarily a bad thing. This is the family that God has given us. But there's one more thing that I want to tell you. Not just the what of the church, but the why of the church. And here's what I mean. You'll hear me say this all the time, that at the Orchard, we have a mission and that mission is to impact lostness. And, and we kind of touched on that idea a little bit last week. And even in our night of worship, when we said, you know, that, that worship uh, is the primary purpose of the church, not mission. That mission exists because worship doesn't absolutely still believe that to this day. But here's what I want to tell you. The church doesn't have a mission. Again, that, that's weird, right? Because I say all the time that at the orchard, we have a mission. But properly speaking, the church doesn't have a mission. God's mission has a church. Now you say, Chip, what's what's the difference of that? Well, the difference is what came first. See, here's what came first. In Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, God created the world. In Genesis chapter 3, sin broke it. Sin broke the world, and with sin breaking the world, it broke the relationship that the first man and woman had with God. That sin separated Adam and Eve from God. That sin brought death into their life. And here's the thing, from that point on, God has been on mission to redeem and reconcile everything that sin broke including his relationship with men and women. And so what we see, biblically speaking, is that God had a mission before he had a church. The church wasn't created and then assigned a mission. There was a mission that flowed from the very heart of God, and God called a church to fulfill it. Look one more time at First Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2, we've already read it in verse 9. He says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. Now look at this, so that... So that, that phrase is incredibly important because that is a purpose clause. It tells us why we are a chosen race, why we are a royal priesthood, why we are a holy nation, and why God has made us a people for his possession. So that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We were made God's people we were made God's family so that we could be a part of proclaiming his worth and fulfilling his mission. Man, I don't know about you, but that, that changes the way I see church. That changes the way I think about church. How could church ever be a place? How could church ever be an event? No, the church is a people. The church is a family. And we have been called and we have been created to live on mission for the name and the fame of our great God. And so I want you to take that seriously. I want you to think about that. I want you to spend some time reflecting on what have you seen church like? What have you treated church as? Because maybe for the first time you're realizing that you've just seen church as a place. You've just seen church as an event. Or maybe at the very best, you've seen church as an organization or a social country club that you belong to that you go and feel good when you leave. If that's how you see church, man, you're missing God's heart for the church. The church is a people. The church is a family. And we have been called and created for mission. Man, I love the local church. And I especially love ours. Let me pray for you. God, thanks for... This time to sit down with our faith family. Open your word and be reminded who we are and why we are. And so God, I pray that each of us would, as we properly understand who we are as the church, begin to live out the mission that you've called us to and created us for. So that across every corner of this globe, people would proclaim the value and worthiness of Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen.